Welcome in everybody once again. This is the fourth episode of the Varsity Breakdown podcast and you guys already know who we are. I'm Jose Guevara and with me as always is Mr. Lupe Ramirez and how are we doing this week? Doing all right. Welcome back to the Titan Tower. Oh yes, absolutely. So uh, we got a lot to uh, talk about for you guys this week. Uh, we're going to start first with the Vista Grande Spartans as they wrapped up their season finale. And I'll let you uh, break that one down uh, for us real quick. Yeah, uh, the Vista Grande Spartans ended up going to the, uh, the Valley to play the Carl Hayden Community Falcons. And they drop uh, a game that they probably could have won 34-47. to 47. Um, at, at the end of their season, uh, Coach Roberts said that he felt like their team – uh, exceeded expectations. Um, they did trail 40 to 14 at the half. Um, but after that, the second half was taken over by backup QB Derek DeCastro. And it was a pretty good experience for him. I, be- I, I believe so because, uh, he's only a sophomore, right? Yeah. So, uh, the loss to Carl Hayden drops the Spartans record to five and four to wrap up the season. And is there, um, you know, there was some good play, especially by senior uh, uh, Tyrese Constable, who uh, finished the night with 16 carries, 125 yards, and one touchdown. But what to you was the weakness for the Spartans uh, Friday night? Uh, To me, I feel like it was the lack of variety in their play. Um, We didn't get to go to that game uh, and get to see it live, but based off the numbers that we're we're getting uh it looks like it was a pretty run heavy game and even though that there was uh, some bright spots in their uh receiving game which was uh two touchdowns made by their uh senior wide receiver Michael Contreras uh he pulled down two touchdowns and so for uh Carl Hayden it was a team that you you know you were saying it's a, it was a run heavy game they rushed for over 473 yards against the Spartans. And we always say that, you know, the Spartans uh, have a way to attack you, uh, whether, you know, sometimes, mo- most of the time it's through the ground. But we've seen uh, senior Derek DeCastro throw for 156 yards. So that was something new to kind of see. Uh, but once again, it's their defense that kind of comes up short when it comes to uh, how uh, dominant Carl Hayden was on the ground. I don't. Did, did we uh, even get any record of any pass attempts for Carl Hayden? Um, not that I could uh, see. All I know is that they ran for over uh, 400 yards, and to do that just on one night is, is pretty spectacular. And But it shows that the biggest weakness of the night was actually the Spartan defense. Absolutely. And you've seen uh, a sophomore in uh, Kendry uh, Pride rush for – 305 yards and four touchdowns, as well as uh, Jamie uh, Zayas, who's a junior, rushed for 133 yards and one touchdown. So uh, it's unfortunate for the Spartans, you know, uh, especially their seniors, to have to close out on a loss. But like we always say, uh, the Spartans, you know, they're fairly young. They had uh, a better record than what I thought they were going to end up with uh, at the beginning of the season. But I think once they start correcting, uh, you know, some of these uh, mishaps, especially on the defensive end, you could pro- possibly see them win a few more games next year. But it's gonna uh, be a long se- uh, off season for them. I mean, you got Coach Roberts wrapping up his first year, 
And uh, you, we talked about last week that they're losing uh, 14 seniors. No, I think it's uh, 11 total. 11 total seniors. And, you know, what, one of them is uh, their star running back in Tyrese Constable. But we'll see, uh, you know, uh, with that passing attack by Derek DeCastro, we'll see uh, how that transitions into next year. And as well as you'll probably uh, see somebody like Fernando Moya taking over the starting roles at running back. But we're going to uh, keep uh, track of them during the off season, and we'll wish them uh, best of luck uh, this summer. Yeah, and uh, I have like three takeaways to go uh, to go on that for the Vista Grande Spartans. This was their second winning season in program history. That's a bright spot to take on. They have to look forward to. Fernando Moya will only be a sophomore next year. And then they got to be one of the most crispiest-looking teams on the field because they have so many jersey options it's unreal they're they're probably the only team i know right now that well no coolidge does play in jordan and nike jerseys but they play in nike and adidas i don't know how they managed <laughs> to pull that off but all those jerseys look nice and uh i think uh also multiple uh helmet colors too right yes uh, sir the gold and black and then the black on gold mm-hmm. so you know it's gonna they they got the look now they just got to put the uh the wins together and uh hopefully we'll see them out in the playoffs next year i think we will i i feel like uh this season was where coach roberts would get his context of how he could handle actually handle his uh his team because with this being his first year you don't get a real good grasp of what you have because it's you don't know uh unless he was uh assistant. an assistant of course but um, with this being his uh, first year, I think he did quite well. Absolutely. And we'll, we'll see uh, what next year holds. And, and we're going to go into a little bit about uh, how important records are or lack thereof here later on. Uh, but why don't we just continue things uh, moving forward uh, as we're going to get into the big matchup this Friday for uh, the Casa Grande Cougars as they will start the first round of the playoffs against uh, number 15, Deer Valley. But before we get into that one, I know me and you wanted to discuss a little bit of how, once again, Casa Grande got jumped over by Post and Butte when it comes to the rankings. So, like we said last week, we predicted that um, American Leadership Academy, Queen Creek, and um, also uh, Cactus. Cactus High School were going to most likely be in the Open 8 tournament, as which they did. So, that left open the number one and number two seeds to be claimed. And we, at the time... Casa Grande was ranked number three, and we thought they were going to take the number one spot, but unfortunately, that didn't happen. They didn't. I, I I don't agree with where they ended up lying at, at number two. I don't get how a team that is undefeated, regardless of whether the type of competition they played was up to the standards of the AIA, how are they number two behind a team that has two losses? Yeah, and, you know, uh, strength of schedule, according to the... AIA plays a big factor. And what I've been noticing um, as we found out the uh, 4A through 6A tournament brackets, sometimes wins are not always the biggest thing. You know, it doesn't matter how many wins uh, you have. All that matters is who you're playing. You know, if you're playing a very good team and you go out there and lose, you have a better chance of beating 10 straight uh, sorry teams and not making the playoffs at all. So it was a it was sad to see that, you know, um, especially ha- a week prior having Casa Grande at number three, they go in, they take care of uh, business against Arcadia to wrap up their season, 
And I thought they were a lock for the number one seed. But unfortunately, that doesn't happen. They'll be uh, the number two seed taking on Deer Valley. And uh, what's that matchup kind of looking like? Um, right now, that matchup is looking like it's going to be pretty good. Uh, Justice Scout, what we're expecting from Deer Valley, they have a senior running back in Ashton Hill that's six foot, 215 pounds. He averages 129.7 yards. Which, if you compare that to Grand's top rusher, that would be R.J. Keaton has about 135 a game. Um, also, they have a junior quarterback named Rudy Gonzalez. Kids, uh, kids about the normal quarterback build as as you can see, he's 5'10", 165 pounds. Um, his quarterback rating for the last game was 101.3. Um, he averages 100 and or um, excuse me, 253.5 yards a game. And comparing that against Angel's numbers currently is 205.2. From whenever I was uh, kind of scouting Deer Valley, they seem very high-powered on offense. Uh, they put up a lot of points. And, you know, I think that's how they get away from other teams. You know, they, their record on the season was 7-3. and three, But I see primarily their biggest uh, advantage is their offense. Now, on the other hand, their defense, to me, I don't know if they're going to be able to stop that high-powered uh, Casagrande Cougars uh, offense because they constantly give up lots of points, putting more pressure on their offense to have to score more. Yeah, that is a fact. Their last two losses, as a matter of fact, came from their last game of the season against uh, Lee Williams, uh, and that that was probably a game they should have won. It was the final score to that was thirty-five to thirty. And the, the game before that that they lost was against number five ranked Lake Havasu. And that game was 28 to 26. So those are two close games that they could have possibly won. And they could have actually been ranked higher than Cass Grant based on their uh, strength of schedule and level of competition. Yeah. And, it's, you know, it's going to be a good matchup come Friday night at Al Van Hazel uh, Stadium. You know, I think that Cass Grant is so well balanced that. Even though uh, Deer Valley has a high-powered offense, they're going against a very good Cougars defense. And you, we, we talk uh, highly about, uh, you know, the Casa Grande's defense. And um, I think that's going to be the key to the game. Because I don't, I, don't, I don't think that Deer Valley is going to be able to stop uh, Casa Grande's offense. To me, I think they give up too much points. And you can see even a, a team like uh, Canyon Del Oro who – is uh, three uh, seeds ahead of uh, Deer Valley. They couldn't even stop Casagrande's uh, high-powered offense. So I don't expect Deer Valley to do that. What I do see is that can Casagrande be able to shut down this high-powered Deer Valley offense, which I really think that they're going to do. And it, to me, I think it's going to be an easy first round for them. I don't know if it'll be easy. I, I, I don't want to instill that in them right now, that it's going to be at all any type of easy. I feel like... They need to go into this uh, matchup and take the other team across the field seriously. Like I said, they're just a couple of points away from actually being a nine and one team. And you got to respect a team that 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 goes in and gets their wins. But you, I mean, you can't hang. You can't let another team hang around like that. Yeah, and uh, I, I believe they call these uh, trap games. You know, mm-hmm. games you uh, on paper you kind of look like you have advantages on both ends, but at the same time. If, uh, you know, we always say Casagrande is one game away from really looking bad because of how easy people say their schedule was. And so this is a game that I believe uh, Coach Jake Barrow has his team focused in is stuff like these rankings. 
They know they deserve to be number one seed. He, I think, is going to have them mentally ready to say, hey, you know what? It doesn't matter who you put on that field. We're going to go and kick everybody's uh, butts because we got something to prove and prove that we should have been the number one seed and prove why uh, we deserve a shot at this championship. So I think that with that mentality, I don't want to say it's going to be an easy win for uh, Deer Valley, even though I just, I mean, uh, for Casa Grande, even though I just said that, I think it's going to be a dominant win. They're, they're going to come in so focused that it's not even going to be close. I, if, I had, if I had to predict it too, I think it would go in the way that we uh, saw the Arcadia game go. It's going to be an eyebrow raiser for the first uh, quarter, maybe quarter and a half. And then after that, that's about the time it takes the Cougars to analyze the team that they're, they're playing against. And usually by then, they're either picking them off, having them uh, uh, make mistakes, or having them make penalties that are costly. Yeah, and you know, to piggyback off that, I think uh, Casa Grande at this point in, uh, in the season, they need to play uh, mistake-free football. You don't want to keep a team like that hanging around that can seem uh, seamlessly score at will. You know, you that's a team, especially just because, like you said, they're they're a fifteenth seed, but they're a couple uh, losses. You know, a couple wins away from being nine and one, and who knows where they would have been seated, but. You know, we'll find out come Friday night. And, uh, you know, we hope to see you guys out there because I know it's going to be a, a packed house, especially, you know, Casa Grande. They, they are on a mission. Energetic. I'm yes, looking sir. forward to it. And, uh, you know, so we'll definitely uh, be out there for that game, of course, you know. Uh, and we hope to see you guys out there. And we'll, we'll see uh, how Casa Grande uh, fares in the first round of the playoffs. Yeah, I, I, I have total confidence in the Cougars. I don't think that. There's anything to be alarmed about. As far as we've seen, the chemistry is there. They they definitely have been playing with a chip on their shoulder because they they feel disrespected. And I can't wait to see how they transfer that aggression onto the field. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be an exciting game to see, you know. And I expect for us to be back uh, there next week, mm-hmm. uh, you know, as they host uh, the next round of the quarterfinals, but let's get through Friday first and we'll talk about that one uh, here next week. Uh, But uh, as we move on, uh, I'm going to kind of fill out the uh, rest of the 4A brackets and we kind of talk about these uh, matchups that are coming up Friday night. So you guys heard, uh, of course, Cass Grant's taking on Deer Valley, number two seed versus number 15. You got the number one seed Post and Butte taking on 16th seed Northwest Christian. And I'm going to uh, hold off uh, on the comments about that one real quick. Uh, I'm going to fill uh, fill everybody in with the rest of the this bracket, and we'll come back to uh, we'll post go back to it. Yeah. So then uh, you have uh, number five, uh, or sorry, number eight Prescott taking on number nine Bradshaw Mountain. Number five, Lake Havasu taking on number 12 Canyon del Oro. Number four, Glendale, taking on number 13, Coconino. Number three, Mesquite, taking on number 14, Benjamin Franklin. Number six, Apache Junction, taking on number 11, Lee Williams. And to wrap it up, you have number seven, Buckeye Union, taking on number 10, St. Mary's. So those are your matchups for the uh, 4A uh, first round tournament. But uh, I do know we did want to talk about specifically one one game uh, being Post and Butte versus Northwest Christian. And the reason being, uh, you know, we've already talked about Post and Butte. We've already talked about uh, did they deserve the number one seed? Hey, doesn't matter. They're the number one seed. 
But one of the teams we wanted to talk about was number 16, Northwest Christian. And the reason being is that Northwest Christian is a three and seven team, correct? Yes, they are. How do they make it to the playoffs over? I know there was a team out there by the name of Sierra Linda mm-hmm. who was eight and two on the season. And the Bulldogs not, got put in the doghouse. Got no love out there from the AIA. So you have number 16, Northwest Christ, Christian, taking on uh, at three and seven, taking on Post and Butte, who's eight and two, nine and two, somewhere around there, right? It's an, it's an embarrassment. And to me, it's a black eye, not for these teams. Like, I, I'm not trying to talk down on Northwest Christian at all, but you, you yourself and your, your coaching staff and, and everybody in your program has got to be questioning yourself. Like, what are we really doing here? We only have three wins on the season, and we're about to face a team who is ranked number one in our region. And do you actually think you stand a chance against this team? We're going to come find out Friday night, but the thing is, is like we, we kind of try to review what was it about them that the AIA saw over some of these other teams and and not just Sierra Linda who finished eight and two, some of the teams who were seven and three, six and four and so on. How does a team at three and seven, because the difference is between two A and three A, if you win your region, you're an automatic bid into the playoffs Four a to six a it's all about power rankings. So you're telling me that a three and seven team outranked anybody else below them who had a better record. It doesn't make any sense to me. And and to me, it's kind of a slap in the face to those other teams. And we, I mean, we can complain about it all we want. At the end of the day, the AIA makes their decisions. You got to kind of live with it. But something got to change where wins play just as much of a factor as your strength of schedule. Because if it was me, if I was a coach, and this is what I'm doing. I'm going to have my three, four divisional games. I have to fill six games out for the rest of the season. I'm going to go play the best teams in four, five, whatever division I'm in. So you I'm schedule gonna go play, up with monsters. Yeah, I'm going to go fill my, uh, if I'm 4A, I'm going to go fill up my schedule with the top 4A teams, with the top 5A teams like Horizon and all those guys, and then just let the chips fall where they may. Because you, to me, that's what it looks like that the people are doing. It's like, it doesn't matter who you play as long as they're good. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's just unfortunate that that's the way it got to go. But we're, we're going to kind of keep our eyes on that game just to see what the scores are going to be. Because, like, I mean, I think Post and Butte, they're the number one seed for a reason. I think they're going to come out and put it to Northwest Christian. But if Northwest Christian loses by seven, eight touchdowns, I mean, did they really deserve it over anybody else? That's going to be the question. But like I said earlier, uh, do you actually believe that Northwest Christian can actually pull out an upset against Post and Butte? I don't think so. I don't think so either. And one term that I saw in many of the uh, reportings on how the brackets were filled is massaged. The AIA massaged certain numbers to make so-and-so fit into the the tournament. Those type of, uh, of phrases shouldn't even exist there should uh what kind of numbers are you even massaging to get these teams in uh, i take it back north christian had played an extra game they're four and seven on the season i mean they finished up against greenway so they have one more game above uh the other teams if you take a look back at it they 
lost to ALA Queen Creek. That's a team in the open tournament. They lost to them 44 to 12. They lost to Post and Butte already this season, 35 to 0. Also, they lost to Cactus, who's another team in the open tournament, 56 to 3. So that's three legit 4A teams. But get this. They also lost to Valley Christian, 42 to 28, a 3A team. I was going to say. They lost to Yuma Catholic, 36 to 14, another Another 3A team. Exactly. So I don't get, okay, does Casa Grande's playing of every single 4A team that they could play and beating two 5A teams not weigh as much as a team losing to two 3A teams? I mean, don't get me wrong. Yuma Catholic and Valley Christian are legit 3A teams. Mm-hmm. They possibly could end up in 4A next year, depend, you know, depending on uh, how the realignment and stuff go. But at the same time is... You're telling me this is a top 16 team that can go out and beat any of those people underneath them? I don't know how likely that is. And we're going to come. I mean, they've already lost to Post and Butte once. And I, I think Post and Butte is going to put even more of a stranglehold on them come Friday night. I, it's just, an, like I said, it's, it's an overall embarrassment. I feel like it's a black eye on the AIA. And the AIA, if any of your governing board is listening, and we, we really hope you are, we want you to take a look at this issue. And, and in this realignment, actually put forth some actual thought into it. And, and, and not logical only re- logical reasoning and not only look at the numbers, but look at their past games and everything in between, because all of those things matter. And you're not really helping out anybody but yourself in, in how of all this matters. And, and one thing let's bring up. When we well, were well, hold on, we'll, we'll oh, talk. Okay. Yeah, oh, okay. I was gonna say we'll we'll talk about that one in Ooh. a second because I know exactly where you're going with that, and uh, I want everybody to know that we're not just this is not the first occurrence of this. We're gonna go into the five and six eight tournaments as well, and we're gonna bring up a couple more other teams. And uh, we what we want you guys to do is actually take a look at this stuff and think to yourself how how close was my team to actually making the playoffs? I mean Northwest Christian was kind of like, to me, uh, and, and like I said, it's not nothing bad towards Vista Grande, but they played like Vista Grande. Mm-hmm. You know, they, okay, yeah, they lost to teams they should have lost to, but they also lost to teams that they should have beat. And so you're telling me, I mean, Vista Grande finished with a better record. They didn't deserve a, yeah, and I, I know that Vista Grande ended up in the rankings very, very low. Mm-hmm. And so it's all about where you're lined up in your uh, your region. That's really what it's based on, so... But anyway, I'm not going to take too much time left on this 4A stuff. It yeah, just, Vista fans, get on that. Let's see why you're not number 16. It, man, it, I mean, it, it doesn't make any sense. But, you know, we'll, we'll come back and make our predictions uh, here uh, later on. But let's move into the uh, 5A bracket. Uh, so this one, uh, we, we also uh, pretty much liked the bracket as it was. But there was uh, one team that we're kind of like, ah. Uh, did they, you know, same thing as Northwest Christian. So, so Friday night, you're going to have number one horizon taking on number 16 cactus shadows. You'll have a uh, number eight Verardo taking on number nine Cienega number five sunrise mountain taking on number 12 Campo Verde number four desert mountain taking on number 13 Ironwood Ridge. Number three, Desert Edge, taking on number 14, Canyon View. Number six, Desert View, taking on number 11, Millennium. 
Number seven, Notre Dame Prep uh, taking on number 10, Apollo. And finally, number two, South Point Catholic taking on number 15, Sunny Slope. So is there any team in there that you were kind of questioning how they could be in there or does everything kind of look good to you? Mm, nope. There's teams in this in this bracket too that have losing records and and they're in 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 the playoffs. And there's plenty of teams in the 5A team that that may have gotten snubbed in this round as well. One in particular is probably Millennium High School. And with Millennium is uh they finished 4 and 6, correct? Correct. And so Millennium ended up the number 11 seed. That means they they finished ahead of five other teams in this tournament. And did any of them have worse records than Millennium at four and six? Mm, I don't know in particular. I mean, we that's probably something that we could have uh, looked into. But it's just still the fact that teams with losing records are in the playoffs right now. I feel like this, they need to do away with this era where the strength of schedule trumps everything and yeah. and get into a more modern style of rankings where your record actually puts you at the top. Or it actually means a lot more than what they're making it seem because I really thought like uh, uh, teams like Marana uh, were going to have a chance to make it. Um, but unfortunately, I, they, they finished seven and three. And I thought, you know, that even though they weren't playing uh, the amount of talent uh, like uh, South po- South Point Catholic was, um, you know, in some of these other 4A teams like Horizon, I still thought that they deserved a better opportunity than four and six Millennium. And, and the fact is, Millennium is at number well, 11. Actually, Millennium is actually five and five. I got them confused with Centennial, okay. who is three and seven. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. And so um, so Millennium finishes 5-5, five and five, their number 11 seed. You have, uh, still, still it's the same story, you know. To me, I, I would think, and, and I just found out uh, actually a couple days ago that the 4A and 6A, um, they went away, the AIA went away with uh, the region champs getting an automatic bid for these uh, three divisions. And so to me, if you win your division... You should be an automatic bid, regardless of your record. If if somebody else finishes with a better record than you that didn't win their division, hey, go out and win your region first. Mm-hmm. I, and I'm sorry, I didn't mean to say division. Go out and win your region, and that's the way it should be. If you go across any spectrum of collegiate or professional football, if you if you know, for instance, we we live here in Arizona. If uh, one of the teams wins the Pac-12 North or the Pac-12 South they're going to play in the the Pac-12 championship. You know what I mean? And they took care of business in order to earn that right. When and you get in more than likely they have a winning record. More than likely, yes. And you know, it's unfortunate like and I'll bring up uh like the NFL. The NFC East, you know, last year was very weak. I think uh the Washington football team finished 7 and 9 or if not 8 and 8 on the season. Mm-hmm. Won their division. Then you had teams that were you know, 10 and six, nine and seven that were in stronger divisions that didn't win or that didn't even make it to the playoffs or had to be a wild card, you know. And the thing is, okay, if you don't like that, win win your division. That's the way it should be in high school football, especially in these higher powered um, uh, divisions, especially when you get into the 4A, 5A and 6A divisions. But like we said, it's it's unfortunate that that we got to be talking about this. You know, we should be 
uh, able to talk uh, highly about the teams that are in. But whenever you, there's, you know, a eyesore on a tournament tournament bracket like this, it's kind of uh, hard to avoid, you know, and it gets even worse as we move into the 6A, mm-hmm. you know. And while, while we have that uh, on our minds right now, let's move into the 6A teams because I know that there's uh, three teams that we wanted to uh, bring up on that one. So for the 6A tournament, you're going to have number one Highland taking on Number 16, Mountain Point. You're going to have number eight, Desert Vista, taking on number nine, Castile. Number five, Brophy Prep, taking on number 12, Desert Ridge. Number four, Red Mountain, taking on number 13, Centennial. Number three, Williamsfield, taking on number 14, Boulder Creek. Number six, Mountain View Mesa, taking on number 11, Mountain Ridge. Number seven, Sandra Day O'Connor, taking on number 10, Pinnacle. And number two, Chaparral taking on number 15, Perry. So there's uh, quite a bit of uh, 6A teams that come from the uh, Chandler and Hamilton uh, region. And uh, three of those teams we want to talk about were number 10, Pinnacle, number 13, Centennial, and number 15, Perry. Mm -hmm. All three of these teams finished three and seven on the season. So now we're back to the same topic. Why are teams with losing records in these prestigious spots in the playoffs? Mm-hmm. And it's uh, and it's sad, man, because like I said, there there's teams out there that are taking care of business that are not going to get the same love as if, I mean, you know, I think Perry or or Pinnacle, I believe, is in the same um, region as Chandler and Hamilton, and those teams, okay, yeah, they're nationally ranked, both Hamilton and Chandler. I do know, okay, yeah, playing those teams is worth a little bit more. But that doesn't mean that anybody that's put in their, in their region couldn't, couldn't put up a, uh, just as good of a fight. You know, um, they're, they're nationally ranked for a reason, but at the same time, it shouldn't hold that much water whenever it comes to making out a bracket of, of the top 16 teams in 6A. And granted, five of those teams... Uh, are in the uh, open eight tournament like like we said it's just it's so crazy to once that uh, these brackets came out on Saturday and you just had to see these teams make it and I don't know why it wasn't a lot of uproar you know especially on social media of how how is it possible that these teams make it in but at the end of the day man it's just it it is what it is and we got to live with it We'll see if any of those teams with losing records that we mentioned, whether it's in the 4A or 6A turn through the 6A tournaments, if they even, uh, you know, can pull a victory out. Now, if they do, okay, yeah, then I see why the AIA put them in there. But at the same time, if all, every single one of them lose, then what? Then are you going to start giving these teams who have better records and opportunity because obviously these guys with losing records couldn't take care of business. Mm-hmm. And then going back to last week when we made our predictions, all your predictions came true and you for a majority picked the the higher seeded teams. Me on the other hand, I picked three uh, teams or three upsets that didn't happen. And, and if you go back to the week before that, there was only one upset. And, and I believe that was, uh, that was St. John's St. John's. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's it's not very often that you're going to see a lot of upsets. And, you know, these teams are highly ranked for a reason, no matter if it's two-way or all the way to the open eight. These teams are ranked the way they are for a reason. But when it comes to filling out 
10 through 16, I would say, you know, even maybe eight through 16, the AIA is, you know, dropping the ball heavily with some teams that made it either way. It's, it is what it is. And, you know, we, we wish all these teams the best of luck. And, you know, we hope that, uh, some of these, uh, teams like Centennial Perry, uh, Pinnacle, uh, you know, they can prove us wrong because until they do, what you know what's that say about what we're saying you know mm-hmm. what i mean it says that hey you might they might need to take a look at something here you might be onto something exactly exactly so to wrap up uh uh the uh first round of these tournaments uh we're gonna go into the open eight which uh actually won't start until next friday but uh i'll, I'll still uh fill you guys in on the uh eight teams that made it to this tournament and there there's gonna be some good matchups here I know it. So you have, and uh, congratulations, I'll, I'll say it right off because I it was uh, heard it was a hell of a game. The number one seeded Hamilton Huskies knocking off their arch rival Chandler, uh, you know, in the season finale uh, here last week. But uh, you have number one Hamilton is going to take on number eight American Leadership Academy Queen Creek, which will be a 6A versus 4A team. So that's going to be very interesting. You got number four, Cactus, taking on number five, Saguaro. So I believe that's a 4A versus 5A matchup, if I'm not mistaken. And then you'll have number three, Basha, taking on number six, Liberty. And to uh, round out the quarterfinals, you'll have number two, Chandler, taking on number seven, Queen Creek. So like I said, a lot of high-powered teams right there. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be a very good tournament to watch. You know, I feel... You know, this uh, gets uh, gets me as excited as uh, the college football playoffs, you know, because you got the top four uh, teams in that. But here is a, a powerhouse of eight teams, and it's going to be interesting to keep track of them uh, come next week. But uh, there was also, as you said, I got all my picks right. <laughs> there was uh, some uh, 2A and 3A playoff games uh, that uh, – I wasn't wrong about. Yeah, they went in your favor. <laughs> but, but if we if we could circle back to it, I want to get a couple of my wins. Remember in the beginning of the season for week one and week two, all my picks were straight. Bro. Yeah, man. Uh, you know, I just I uh, I'd underestimate you uh, during the regular season, but come the playoffs, man. You if they're a high high seed, I'm most likely gonna go with them. But that's why I am not a bet MGM member. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, don't do that to your of age, please. But uh, anyway, um, let's go into the uh, 2A uh, quarterfinals. You had uh, number one Parker uh, beating number eight Wilcox 36 to 22. Number four Marenzi beating number five Gilbert Christian 35 to 23. Number three Benson. This was uh, one you uh, uh, thought would be an upset. Number three Benson beat number 11 St. John's 48 to 6 and number 2 Arizona Lutheran uh kind of squeezed by uh number 7 Pima 33 to 27 so uh for uh this weekend's uh matchups you're going to have number 1 Parker taking on number 4 Morency it's going to be a great game right there mm-hmm. and then you got number 2 Arizona Lutheran and number 3 Benson and ah oh, man, I believe that's a game of the week type of type of game. I mean, both of these games are you, you got the top four teams in mm-hmm. the two A like taking on each other, and we've seen two of these teams, you know, uh, and that being uh, Arizona Lutheran and number three Benson. So I'll give you the first opportunity. Who do you got in that matchup? What are my choices, Benson and Arizona Lutheran? Arizona Lutheran. Damn, we've seen both teams play. I got Benson. 
I think that Benson will overpower Arizona Lutheran. But we 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 had actually had the opportunity to see both teams play, and based on what I've seen, I feel like there's more. Uh, I hate to use the same term, but variety in their play uh, play calling on their side. I, and like you said, they don't run uh, a bunch of different formations. They just run a certain amount and then I, and perfect them. Yeah, I think it's uh it's really simplified a simplified offense. They just run it to uh, to the T. Um, one thing that will play a huge factor is size. These kids on Benson are some huge. Bi- There's some big boys. The 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 and, th- and that's not a knock on the kids on ALA because they ha- they have some big kids on their sidelines too, but. They're not as big as Benson, and I'm pretty sure when they get there and when they look at who who, who their opposition is, they're going to notice that size immediately. Yeah, so I'm actually, I know I said I usually go with the higher seed. I'm going with number three, Benson, as well. I mean, to take out Sequoia Pathway in dominant fashion, to turn around and t- take out St. John's in the same exact way, I mean, literally – they scored one point less and allowed their opponent to score one point less. So they've only given up 13 points in the first two rounds. Not, I'm not I, I really think it's going to be a low scoring game. I got it like maybe a 14, 21 or 21, 28, depending on, uh, you know, uh, how dominant these defenses are. We saw the Arizona Lutheran take on Santa Cruz Valley, you know, when Santa Cruz Valley at the time was at full health mm-hmm. and it was a close game. And, you know, so, they do know how to win close games, but like I said, I think Benson's going to, that run game, it, it might overpower him this week. But uh, m- moving on, uh, number one, Parker, and number four, Marenzi. Who you got? Mm, I'm going to continue on the Marenzi hate train, and I'm going to go uh, I'm gonna go for Parker. All right. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with number one, Parker. I mean, they're another team that just can put up a lot of points, and, you know, I think that's where they're going to be dominant. I mean, they gave up 22 points to Wilcox, but at the same time, I think Wilcox had a better uh, defense than Red Mesa, of course. But um, I think Parker, it's going to be Parker and Benson in the championship. So uh, we'll, we'll see come uh, come Friday night. And But I, I will say this. If for some reason they do manage to pull it out and beat Parker, I will go to Morency High School and buy three shirts to support the school. All right, I, I can I can match that one. Okay, okay. If Marenzi, if you got you know if you guys know anybody from Marenzi that's listening to this, you can tell them about it. Tell them the varsity breakdown, Jose and Lupe. If you guys pull this upset against Parker, we'll go down there and uh, get some merch from you guys and uh, and hang it up in the in the office. So mm-hmm. you know we'll go out there and show some support. But uh, moving on uh, to the three uh, A, so uh, the quarterfinals uh, you had. Number one, American Leadership Academy, Gilbert, uh, beating Sabino 38-7. Uh, to seven. I, I actually thought that game was going to be a little bit closer than what it was, but that you know that goes to show you how, how good uh, ALA Gilbert really is. Mm-hmm. Then you had number four, Yuma Catholic, demolishing number five, Round Valley, 68-13. to 13. We, we thought that they would win. We didn't know that. It was going to be in that fashion. Mm-hmm. You know, it was, it was, you know, I think by halftime, the game was pretty much over. Uh, you know, I think it was in, in uh, Yuma Catholic was already in the 40s at that point. So there, it, it's going to be a, a good next round for them. Uh, 
But uh, we'll, we'll keep uh, moving on with the quarterfinals. You got number three, Valley Christian, squeezing by number six, River Valley, 35 to 28. And we talked about that game. I thought it was going to be a more of a dominant game for Valley Christian. You said uh, the run game for River Valley was going to play a factor, and it did. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and it was close all the way to the very end of the game. And so Valley Christian squeaks by, and, you know, uh, you know, nothing against uh, River Valley, man, but it just uh, – I, th- I thought that uh, it was going to be a worse game than what it was. But, you know, they put up a great fight, and they had a heck of a season. Uh, their running back, uh, man, it just uh, – a great kid to uh, watch run the ball because he he's very skilled. So that's the type of excitement we crave in in all of these playoff matchups. Absolutely, absolutely. So then you got uh, number two Snowflake putting a hurting on number ten Thatcher, forty four to thirteen. Now, see, I thought Valley Christian was going to be a blowout. I did, and I really thought Snowflake and Thatcher were going to be a little bit closer. I think I g- gave it a um, Snowflake the edge by two touchdowns. But I think it's just the um, Snowflake's been around in 3A for years, you know what I mean? And so Thatcher uh, is kind of fairly new to 3A. I mean, they were dominant in 2A. That's the reason they're up here in 3A now. But they have nothing to hang their heads about. Like, they they took care of business against Push Push Ridge, upset at Push Ridge, come in, and they just take over. They have to face a tough opponent in Snowflake and – you know, Snowflake had their number that night and, uh, you know, but hats off to Thatcher for an amazing season and to, you know, all these quarterfinal teams that took an L. Cause you know, I know Sabino had a great season mm-hmm. round Valley, of course, uh, had a great season in river Valley. So, you know, it, it just gets tougher as you get closer to the championship. Yep. Those, those losses sting a little bit more. So let's go into this, uh, weekend's matchups. You got number one, ALA Gilbert taking on, Number four, Yuma Catholic. Who are you going to pick on that one? All right. Okay, ALA Gilbert is very, very good. Number one for a reason. Yuma Catholic, they won their region, and, and it's just unfortunate that they got ranked number four. I haven't, I haven't done any honest research into this, but if it's like a multiple-choice question and you got to choose one or the other, I'm choosing Yuma Catholic, bro. And that's your final answer? That's my final answer. Okay, because I'm going to go with my gut feeling. And, you know, I as much as I want to um, ride the Yuma Catholic You're train, tell me ALA Gilbert. I'm going to go with ALA Gilbert, man. Right. I just, I believe a team is number one for a reason. Ah, oh, man, it just, it's a tough choice. It's, you know, it's, I, I give it a 55 45, you know, in my confidence in this pick. But at the same time, um, I think that ALA can expose some hoes in Yuma Catholic, which aren't many, but just enough to squeak by with the win. We'll see if they do. I let, let's see if their, their home field plays an advantage in that game. Absolutely. And then uh, to wrap up the semifinals, you have number two Snowflake taking on number three Valley Christian. Mm, I'll go Snowflake. I'll go Snowflake on this one. Okay, I, I, I believe a Snowflake. I mean, that's a team that lo- I believe that if they didn't lose their first game of the season, they would have been the number one seed, honestly, just because of how uh, their preseason power rankings were, how the AIA runs their system. But unfortunately, they lost their first game, and that's the only one they lost. And so I got Snowflake uh, heading back to the championships. And remember, I believe that they are the uh, defending 3A champions. 
if I'm not mistaken, and um, actually uh, beat uh, Yuma Catholic uh, uh-huh. in the championship or Phoenix Christian, one of the two teams, I believe, was in the semifinals or in the championship with them last year. So we, we got Snowflake and Yuma Catholic, uh, according to you, heading to the championship. We got Snowflake and ALA Gilbert heading to the championship, and we're going to find out come Friday night. So y'all uh, keep your eyes out for that one. And and so we can actually go into our uh, 4A to uh, 6A in the open season. Let's, let, let's go into the 4A and let's start making some predictions there. Okay, so you got number one, Post and Butte, taking on number 16, Northwest Christian. I will already pick that one for you. You're going to pick Post and Butte. I'm going to pick Post and Butte because we don't feel like a 3-7 and seven team should be in the playoffs. Nope. Would, okay, you ain't going to disagree with me on that nope. one. I'm not, I'm not even going to comment further on All that. All right, so moving on, you have number eight, Prescott, taking on number nine, uh, Bradshaw Mountain. I'm going to take Prescott uh, winning that one. No, I agree. Prescott is going to definitely – take it over Bradshaw Mountain there's not a I think Bradshaw Mountain if I'm not mistaken barely beat Micah Mountain no um there's not a there's not a chance that they're gonna they're gonna pull that out so you expecting a blowout uh number five Lake Havasu facing number 12 Canyon del Oro and I'm gonna pick uh Lake Havasu and the only reason is Canyon del Oro is actually uh their um, charter bus uh, canceled on them, so they're still looking for a ride uh, down to uh, Lake Havasu Friday night. Do you think that they'll forfeit if they don't have transportation? I don't think so. I mean, they're they're going to find a way to get uh, their uh, team out there, even if it's a regular school bus. I mean, charter, yeah, it, it's a flashier way to show up, but at the end of the day, man, like, we didn't have that uh, it, when we won two, three, eight state titles with Coolidge. It, it's you, you don't need it. It's just a flashy thing, you mm-hmm. know, to show up that way. But at the end of the day, I think Lake Havasu is going to put it on them no matter what bus they show up in. <laughs> uh, so number four, Glendale taking on number 13, Coconino. I'm going to take number four, Glendale. They've been, uh, you know, a very good team all year long. And I just think uh, Coconino's uh, got a little... Too much to handle on their plate for that one. Yeah, same. No arguments here. Number three, Mesquite taking on number 14, Benjamin Franklin. I'm going to take uh, Mesquite by a long shot. Uh, Benjamin Franklin, they do great against 3A teams. Let me tell you that. But, I mean, they still have a little bit of ways to go when it comes to the 4A. So, I got Mesquite winning. Oh, definitely. I, I, there's not a chance that the uh, the Wildcats don't pull that one out. Number six, Apache Junction taking on number 11, Lee Williams. Even though uh, Apache Junction's a Pinal County team, I think this is going to be our closest one maybe to an upset, but that's just my opinion. So I'm going to go number 11, Lee Williams. Really? With the upset. You know what? Uh, I, there's not a chance. I'm, and, and this is the first time that I'm actually going to uh, probably say this. My mom is a is a Apache Junction prospector, so I, I'm going to go with Apache Junction on this one. Okay, okay. Supporting the mom's alma mater, huh? Yep. Okay, no problems with that one. Uh, So then you got uh, number seven, Buckeye Union, taking on number uh, 10, St. Mary's. This one's a little bit of a tough one for me, Um, but I'm going to go number 10, St. Mary's. I'm glad you said that because that's what, that's what I was leaning more towards, too. I, you know, there, there's just a couple of the, those close games where the matchups, you know, kind of balance out, you know, and like I said, it's all about power rankings, you know, when it comes to these divisions. So I got number 10 St. Mary's uh, over Buckeye Union. Then, of course, we've said it at the beginning of the show. You got number two, Casa Grande, 
taking on number 15, Deer Valley. I'm going to pick Casa Grande. It was my pick, you know, once the uh, tournament bracket was released. I'm sticking with Casa Grande, of course. Are you going to do so as well? Yeah, it's 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 all, I'm all in on, on the Cougars right now. You know, it would have been a great, uh, easy win for them as well if they would have taken on uh, number 16 uh, mm-hmm. either, either way. I mean. It would have been a more interesting matchup because it's a team that they haven't played before. Yeah, that's true. And. So we'll see. Uh, that's your uh, 4A uh, round one uh, tournament games come this Friday. So get out there and uh, support your teams. So moving on to 5A, you got number one, Horizon, taking on number 16, Cactus Shadows. I got Horizon. Yeah. No, no questions there. Yeah. Uh, number eight, Verado, taking on number nine, Cienega. I'm going to go actually number nine, Cienega. I'm I'm glad you said that too. I feel like we're 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 on the same wavelength tonight, D. I oh. I feel like <laughs> Sienega is gonna pull it out, and 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 I know that somewhere in in Tucson, Chris Kidney is listening to this, just smiling, nodding his head. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Number four, Desert Mountain taking on number thirteen, Ironwood Ridge. This is gonna be interesting. I mean, I'm gonna take Desert Mountain, but at the same time, I know Ironwood Ridge. It might they might give them a fight. I'm going to go with Ironwood Ridge because, okay. like you said, I believe that they can bring the fight. Mm-hmm. So They definitely can, and, you know, that's a team you don't want to sleep on. So number three, Desert Edge taking on number 14, Canyon View. I'm going to go with Desert Edge. Uh, I don't believe Canyon View is uh, quite ready for a team like that, and, you know, that's who they dealt, and it's unfortunate, but Desert Edge is a great team, and they're hitting on all cylinders too, even though they uh, – I believe they – was it Desert Edge or Desert View that lost to South Point? It was Desert View, huh? Desert View. Okay, so. Uh, but moving on, you got number six, uh, Desert View, taking on number 11, Millennium. I'm going to go with Desert View on that one. What about yourself? I'm going to go with Desert View as well. And then I don't think I made a pick for the last one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was Canyon View and, and Desert Edge. And Desert Edge. It's going to be Desert Edge for sure. But I got to say, shout out to Canyon View because they got some sick logos and their uniforms are pretty crispy awesome awesome so number seven Notre Dame prep taking on number 10 Apollo I'm gonna go with Notre Dame prep mm-hmm. uh and you you as well yes sir all right and to wrap up the uh 5a tournament you got number two South Point Catholic taking on number 15 Sunny Slope I think South Point Catholic's just gonna run away with that one I guarantee it'll be out over by halftime I don't think Sunny Slope, I mean, they struggled against Casa Grande, mm-hmm. and I don't think they can hang with a high-powered uh, team like South Point. So. Yes, Lord. Yes, sir, and that'll be your uh, f- uh, round one uh, for the 5A tournament. Now moving on to the uh, 6A uh, round one tournament. Number one, Highland versus number 16, Mountain Point. I'm going to go with number one, Highland. Same. Uh, number eight, Desert Vista versus number nine, Castile. I'm going to go with uh, Desert Vista on that one. Just to make things interesting, I'll pick Castile. Okay. That, and you know those eight and nine seeds, man, those those ones can turn out to be great games. Mm-hmm. Uh, number five, uh, Brophy Prep taking on number 12, Desert Ridge. I'm going to go with Brophy Prep. Uh, I think they're just one of those other 6-8 teams that unfortunately didn't make it to the open eight, but they're right up in that level to me. So I'm going to go with Brophy. Yeah, Brophy is definitely an elite. Uh, type of team so yeah they got my vote as well so number four uh red mountain taking on number 13 centennial you know how i feel about centennial being three and seven i'm going red mountain yep red mountain 
Number three, Williamsfield taking on number 14, Boulder Creek. Williamsfield, to me, another one of those great teams going with Williamsfield. Yep, lock and key on Williamsfield. And, you know, it's unfortunate those northern teams, man, they get dealt these these uh, high-powered teams, uh, and that's what you're kind of seeing a lot. But, hey, uh, that's the crazy part about these power rankings is that it doesn't matter how good you do. It just matters where you land. Something in that spring water. <laughs> Absolutely. So uh, number six, Mountain View Mesa taking on number 11, Mountain Ridge. I'm going Mountain View Mesa. Uh, you know, to me, they're they're a team that's kind of hitting that stride and could uh, make a deep playoff push if if uh, the other teams aren't careful. Yeah, I, I pick Mountain Ridge. No, Mountain, Mountain View. View over Mountain Ridge. See, that uh, I knew I was going to mess it up, and I was <laughs> telling myself not to mess it up. Number seven, Sandra Day O'Connor versus number 10, Pinnacle. This one kind of, even though Pinnacle is three and seven, Sandra Day O'Connor is a team that, if they're not careful, they could lose this game. Mm-hmm. If they're not careful, I'm still going with Sandra Day O'Connor because I'm not picking a three and seven team because I don't think they uh, deserve to be in there. So that's just my opinion. But what do you got? You know what? Pinnacle is not Perry. So I. I want Pinnacle to win just so that we can actually look a little bit like we have we have a little bit of egg in our face. Like maybe one of these three and seven teams had had the testicular fortitude to pull it out. Absolutely. You know, and, you know, best of luck to Pinnacle. Uh, It just, you know, you know, my feelings on uh, these rankings. So Uh, then to wrap it up, you have number two, Chaparral taking on number 15, Perry. I already know your answer. You kind of answered it on the last uh, team. We're both going with number two, Chaparral, just because uh, Perry, Perry doesn't deserve to be there. And they've been ranked uh, in the top 20 pretty much all year all long. Year. And, you know, no matter what their their record ended up being. But I, I think they actually fell under uh, the top 20. But that's Neither that's for another uh, episode right there. But either way. Uh, so that's uh, your 6A tournament. And uh, we are going to go into the. Open eight tournament with these power teams. So number one, Hamilton, number eight, ALA Queen Creek. I got to ride high with uh, Hamilton. Uh, You know, they got to have some excitement and motivation after knocking off Chandler. So I'm going with Hamilton. Oh, yeah. There's no doubt that the Huskies have momentum on their side that they're 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 going to make it look flashy. Absolutely. Number four, Cactus taking on number five, Saguaro. I'm going with number four, Cactus. I think a 4A team is going to show, hey, they do belong in this tournament, and you're going to see that. Me Come. too. I, I think that the the Cobras will will just th- – their venom will be just too much for the Sabercats. Hey, I like that analogy there. Uh, so then you got uh, number three, Basha, taking on number six, Liberty. I got to go with Basha. Even though, even though the, I think out of all the games, this might be the most interesting one. Uh, you know, next to Cactus and Saguaro, but I think uh, Basha still pulls it off. Same here. I take the Basha Bears. All right. And to wrap up the uh, Open 8 tournament, you have number two, Chandler, taking on number seven, Queen Creek. And even though they lost uh, last week, I think Chandler uh, regroups and gets ready to make that uh, push uh, for another uh, state championship. So I'm going with number two, Chandler. Oh, yeah, they mad. They, they, they want to win, bro. Oh, man, absolutely. You, you know, they, they absolutely want another rematch against Hamilton. But uh, remember, these games are going to be taking place next Friday. Not this Friday, but next Friday, November 26th. So get ready for some exciting uh, high school football here in Arizona. You know, we're getting closer 
uh, to crowning champions all the way from 2A to the Open 8. So get out there, support your teams, and, you know, let us know uh, what the scores are going on. You know, we have no problems posting all these playoff scores. If you guys just keep us updated, we'll try to stay updated as much as possible. And, you know, let's let's have some fun Friday night and get out there and uh, pack those houses for those schools because I know they love that energy. Yeah, and I, I, I can't wait to, to take that short drive to Casa Grande and, and get into those our seats. But uh, let's get back to what we were talking about earlier. Um, before we actually get to our seats, we're going to have to pay a ticket fee. And, and we've been to multiple games this season. We've been to multiple schools. And, and a lot of the times when we, when we pay for our tickets, we never ask for change because we know that that money is going towards the school. Absolutely. When we took our trip to Benson High School and we paid for our tickets, we were told by the, the staff at Benson when we were paying for our tickets that it was online only and we had to make our purchase through the AIA app. So we made our purchase through the AIA app. And as shortly after completing the purchase, we, uh, we were asking if we could uh, get a child and a veteran for you because of your, your veteran status. And she said, yeah, it really doesn't matter because we don't get any of that money anyway. It goes all straight to the AIA. And that sentence was so deflating to hear in the beginning of a game. Absolutely, man. It's And it's so unfortunate, you know, the like I said, not just for these programs, the, uh, football programs that are trying to make a name for themselves, but you're telling me that the school doesn't even get a hint of that money? You know, and I understand that the AIA sets up all these playoffs and sets up everything that comes with it. But at the end of the day, it's these schools, it's these coaches, it's these players that are allowing you to have this product. They are, are putting blood, sweat, and tears into this product. And you're telling me that they don't get nothing. For all their hard work through the regular season, they don't get not even a dollar when it comes down to a playoff matchup. Yeah, and, and that, I, I get that trophies cost money. Rings cost big money. But, but those are purchased through, I mean, the trophies, yeah, that's AIA. But the rings, if a team wins a ring, the, the school pays for those. It's not It's not the AIA. The schools have to raise money. Their their boosters clubs have to raise money in order to purchase those. So, you know, it's no excuse. You know, I, I understand like the later rounds and you'll see, um, especially um, when you get into like the semifinals and the, and the championships, those are not play. Whoever's the home team, they're not at home. They're at, playing at a different, bigger high school that can support a bigger crowd. They're, uh, you know, or in the championships, they play either at the University of Arizona, Arizona State, depending on where, where the championship is held that year. OK, I understand that that's AIA. They deserve, you know, the money for that. But when a team is hosting their own playoff game, they deserve a little bit, man. Like, a certain percentage, at least 50 50 even. You know what I mean? And it's it kind of sucks, especially because there's no cash exchange. So there's no way that the school could even you know, claim anything because it's all digital and it all goes directly to the AIA. So Mm -hmm. that was, you know, kind of a thing that we wanted to touch on because it was very deflating, very eye-opening, and it's just unfortunate. But, you know, enough with the all the bad, you know, that's come this past week with these rankings, uh, you know, the uh, AIA taking uh, all the money, uh, that we pay to enter a game. But, you know, like I said, at the end of the day, we don't do it for the AIA. 
We don't we don't do it for anybody else besides these players, coaches and schools that we represent. And, you know, we even went off the script a little bit and covered teams that we hadn't covered all year just to show the excitement of what playoff football is about here in Arizona. And, you know, we're going to continue to do that. I'll kind of leave it at that. Uh, you know, it's been uh, another great episode. Mm-hmm. Agreed. You know, it's been another great uh, week of football, but we do have uh, some uh, upcoming things uh, regarding basketball. So uh, if you guys ain't got nothing to do next Friday, uh, go check out the uh, Coolidge uh, Playoff Tournament. Uh, uh, you, it's you, the Joe Parton Memorial Tournament. It's the first annual tournament that Coolidge will be hosting. Um, they got a bevy of talent coming in to play. They're, they got three gyms locked down for all of the action that's going to be happening on the court. So it's, it's going to be an exciting two days of basketball. Absolutely. So that'll be uh, taking place uh, November 26th and the 27th, correct? Correct. And so, you know, if you ain't got nothing to do, uh, I know after having a, a full meal of turkey the night before, if you ain't got nothing to do that next morning, go out there and uh, support some of these schools that are going to be uh, playing in that tournament. Of course, uh, if you're a, a, a Coolidge alum like we are, you know, we, we want to see Coolidge succeed. But at the same time, there's going to be five out of our six Pinal County Power Six mm-hmm. are going to be in that tournament. So we're going to show love to all those teams, you know, even though Coolidge is the uh, alma mater. We still got to uh, show support to those uh, other Pinal County schools uh, that are going to be playing. And then, of course, uh, come uh, fr- uh, that Friday night, we're hoping to go check out another uh, Casa Grande home game. And uh, hopefully they'll be in the semifinals. But other than that, man, I've uh, enjoyed this episode. It's been a lot of stuff to cover. Yep. A lot of stuff to talk about that's not football related on the field. But at the end of the day, it's it's been a lot of fun. And. We'll see how things uh, turn out next week. It's getting a whole lot easier and a whole lot funner, bro. Let's let's keep it going. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for listening, and we'll check you guys out next week. Take it easy.